We're going to be traveling in the scripture this morning to Luke chapter 2, picking up the story where we left off on Friday, just a little bit past where we were. I don't remember if you remember what happened on Friday, but Jesus was born. It's pretty exciting. Um, lots of cool things going on. And now we're going to go to uh, Jesus has, has aged just a bit, not many. He's 12 years old. Um, and, you know, prime age for getting into trouble, right? Anybody who has a 12-year-old or been a 12-year-old has been around 12-year-olds know that they are not always the easiest. And even Jesus, as perfect as he is, he had a moment where he scared his parents. And we're going to hear about it right here, all right? Here we go, 241 through 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem to the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem looking for him. After three days, they found him in the temple he was there in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to, everything, to, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why are you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth and was with them, and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all of these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say, thanks be to God. We have finished our series about the four last things. It was fun, right? During Advent, talk about judgment and hell and heaven and death, things you don't often talk about during Advent, but I think it turned out all right. I enjoyed that series, and I look forward to the series to come, but for a few weeks, we're just going to hang out in the lectionary passages. Let the lectionary, which is the, a calendar that prescribes different readings on different Sundays, we don't always use it, but for a few weeks, we will, and today, this is the passage that was assigned by the lectionary, and I think it's a great way to celebrate Christmas and to journey together into the scriptures the Sunday after Christmas. So if, if you will allow me, I'd like to preach from the subject this morning, forgetting Jesus, forgetting Jesus. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. What is your favorite Christmas movie? What's the one that you, you can't wait to watch every year? Maybe it's part of your family tradition. Maybe it's just one you hope comes on ABC Family. I don't think it's not even called that anymore. It's like Freeform. I don't know why it's not a Freeform. But what, what can you not wait to see? For some, it's Elf, right? The Will Ferrell movie. It's yeah, Hi, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? That's Brianna's favorite. We love Elf in our family. August has most recently wanted to, to watch the, the cartoon version of The Grinch like every day, twice a day. And I'm like, there's only so much of The Grinch I can take. 
but we've watched that movie about a dozen times this season. I had a family friend, or I had a friend whose family tradition was that they would watch It's a Wonderful Life every Christmas Eve. Maybe something like that is, is your tradition. I gotta say, I love Christmas movies. I love them all. Um, my favorite might be, though, uh, Home Alone. You ever watch, you know, Home Alone is a Christmas movie, in my opinion. And, and Home Alone 2, Home Alone 1 and 2. I like them both a lot. After Macaulay Culkin leaves, though, like once he's out, I'm out. The whatever, three, four, five, however many there are now, I'm kind of done with it. Home Alone 1 and 2, those are, that's where it's at. And, and if you haven't seen the movie, it's, you know, it's a movie about Kevin McAllister, whose family is about to go visit a, a, a relative in Paris, and, and there's all his extended family in the house, and then they leave for getting behind eight-year-old Kevin McAllister. And he's stuck in his house there with no family and he's having a blast, it's so much fun. And then all of a sudden the, the bandits are trying to break in. The wet bandits, eventually called the sticky bandits in Home Alone 2. Um, he, uh, he, he defends his home and I love as a, as a child watching these movies, I, I was just hoping people would wanna break into my house so that I could set these same traps, right? I mean like obviously I didn't know that I probably wouldn't be able to be as successful as Kevin was, but those traps, you, as a kid, you're like, man, I could set up my armor men for them to step on here, and they're going to have this bucket of water, it's going to fall on their head, you know, the feathers, all the traps, they're so much fun, and I've always loved those movies. I used to have one of the little, like, um, recorders that he would speak into, because I thought it was just, like, the coolest thing ever. I haven't seen that movie in a while, but, but I did watch it about, I didn't watch it this, this year, I watched it a couple years ago, right after we had our first child. And I realized that I see that movie a lot different now than I'm a parent. When I was a kid, that movie was nothing but fun and potential and excitement. And as a parent, can you imagine being Kevin's mom and dad, Mr. and Miss McAllister, to arrive in another country and realize that you have left your eight-year-old son behind? I mean, I, I've done a lot of bad things so far as a parent. I'm trying to be good about it, but like, you know, last week Bradshaw went to the hospital with a concussion, right? We, 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 we all have these moments where we're like, we could be better parents. Um, uh, I haven't left him when I went to a different country on an accident he was supposed to come with me. So like, at least, you know, we've got a little bit of hubris, a little bit of schadenfreude, right? Like, at least I'm not that yet. But you watch that movie and you see that and you're like, can you imagine what that would be like, what that would feel like? And Mary and Joseph, they, they know that feeling. You know, the story we just read is kind of the same deal. Mary and Joseph, they, they, they left Jesus, they forgot Jesus. <laughs> Did that blow your mind? Because as we enter the story this morning, as we, as we pick up, Jesus was just born, he was presented at the table, and those parents forget all about him. They're, they're clearly very pious people, Jesus and his family. They were faithful to their religious customs, and so they were in Jerusalem, for the festival of the Passover. They had traveled 90 miles from the Sea of Galilee where they lived in Nazareth all the way down to Jerusalem where it's around you know, the Dead Sea. It's, it's, a, it's a long journey and they were there for the religious observances and it wasn't like they could just hop in a car and, and head down to, to their you know, holiday plans. Like I can get in the car, head up to Montgomery, be there, be you know, there about two hours, 15 minutes. But for them to go 90 miles was it was a journey to walk by foot across the entire country. But every year they would walk this journey, they'd make this pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the, for the Passover. And in the story, Jesus, the 12-year-old, decides that, you know what, his family's leaving, but he's, he's gonna stay behind a little bit. He, his, I would like to uh, believe, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna assume 
that maybe he was with them whenever they were heading out, but then like they passed by the temple and something caught his eye and just kind of wandered off and wants to check it out. And all of a sudden, everybody's gone. He's like, ah, well, they'll find me eventually. I'm just going to hang out here, right? Like, I don't know what made Jesus there, but, but we often read the story as if the parents are super neglectful, right? Doesn't it seem that way? How could they not realize their own son was not with them? But this isn't like me and Brianna and our kids hopping in the car and me not realizing one's back there. Like They're not traveling just as one family. They're traveling in a big old caravan of people because everybody in their entire community and all the communities they pass along the way, they all went to Jerusalem. So there's hundreds or thousands of people in this traveling party. And so it wouldn't be that abnormal for your kid to go play with other kids or to walk alongside the other kids and be like, we'll catch them whenever we get home, you know? It wouldn't be... It's not like that they were just, they just left without him. And you can imagine what it would be like walking back, you know, 90 miles after what is probably a really awesome week. Have you ever been on like a great trip with your friends, maybe with your family? Maybe it was when you were in college. Maybe you flew somewhere, took a long road trip. And then as the trip was ending and you're traveling home, you ever just sat around recounting the events of what happened? Man, you remember that time? You remember like that first night that we were there and we were sitting by that pool and then that dude with the tattoo showed up and it happened to be Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. That was amazing, right? I mean, like, have you ever had you know, a moment like that where you're recounting the stories? I can imagine. That's probably what Jesus' parents are doing. Mary and Joseph, they're just hanging out with their family. You remember that first night of the Passover when we had that dance and I didn't know the, the parts of it, but like I picked it up, but I, I didn't think I had a rhythm, but apparently I do. You know, like, they're, just, they're just telling the stories. They're walking along, not thinking about that Jesus is lost. He's probably back there in the caravan somewhere. And then, after about the end of the day, they start looking for Jesus. And then they get a little nervous. And they start asking people, hey, 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 have y'all seen our son? <laughs> like, have you, have you seen, have you, you don't know Jesus? He, he, all right, he, he's brown hair, about this tall, 12. No, you haven't seen him? And can you imagine like the anxiety, the panic that starts to like creep up when you start asking person after person, you go all the way back through the caravan and you can't find him. You ask Jesus' friends, hey, was Jesus playing with y'all? Like, no, he wasn't playing with us. And then they'd travel all the way back to Jerusalem. So it was a day to walk to where they were, a day to walk back to Jerusalem. So two days have passed since they've seen their son. They get back to Jerusalem, and the scripture says it takes them a whole nother day to find them. Three days they hadn't seen Jesus. Three days these worried parents are traveling around looking for their child. And Mary and Joseph, they, they get back to Jerusalem, and Jesus is sitting there at the temple. They find him at the temple. And he's talking to all these scholars and people were amazed at how he understood things and what they were saying. And then they, they finally show up and they hear and they see what he's doing. And it says that when they found him, his parents were astonished. Scripture says Jesus was talking, people were amazed. And when his parents found him, they were astonished. And astonished would not have been my reaction. If I had misplaced my child for three days and I showed up and he was just like sitting there talking like nothing was going on, not like, oh, I'm in trouble, or like, uh, you know. It, 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 astonished would not be my reaction. And as I think about this story, and I think about like their reaction, I, I was a little, I was like, there's gotta be something else going on here. And it turns out, 
and I by no means, I'm no Greek expert, and I always think it's kind of cheesy whenever a pastor's like, oh, the Greek word here means, but like this time it's important, all right? So, so this time, this word astonished, it bothered me. It's like, there's got, the word astonished actually in Greek is explesomai, and the word translates literally to as an emotional response. One that conveys shock and awe and elicits an emotional reaction. That sounds more right, right? If you find your child after three days, an emotional response is probably what I would have. Mary and Joseph, they find him and they are filled with emotions like unrivaled joy, flooding relief, frustration from his disappearance, anger because he should have known better, like just emotion, just all the emotions, right? Emojis, if you're sending a text, everyone you can find describes their feeling in this moment. And then when they reconnect with him, probably after they hug his neck, I would imagine, maybe, or maybe they're just like, what are you doing? Mary says to him, with, you can just hear the frustration, the sadness, and the joy all in her voice, right? When he says, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. Can you, like, can you imagine maybe one of your parents or, or, uh, some, or you to your children saying something like, you know, why have you done this to me? <laughs> Even Mary, even though it's Jesus, it's her child. She loves him. She's full of emotions. Why have you done this to me? How come you've done this? Why have you done this? And I might have not even said it quite that nice, but you can imagine her emotions. And Mary says these things. And, and did you get what Jesus said afterwards? Why are you searching for me? Can you imagine your child saying that to you? If they've been missing, like, what do you mean? Why are you looking for me? I know it's been three days. No big deal. This whole story just blows my mind. It's a great story, and I think it's the perfect story for the Sunday after Christmas, for today. I appreciate the lectionary giving us this passage, because although I don't think that we are all experiencing the loss of a child, like that they've run away or anything like that, I think we can all identify a little bit with what Mary and Joseph have done, what they experienced on this journey back to, to Nazareth, right? Every year after Christmas, after the services are over, after the presents have been unwrapped, after more food has been eaten than you can possibly fit your belt around? <laughs> Have you had a moment where you've forgotten Jesus? Where we spend a month preparing for Christmas, buying presents, going to countless parties, almost like a desperate sprint just to get to December 25th. And perhaps, and I'm going to be, be generous with all of us, I, we probably had Jesus on our mind the whole time, right? Like we're heading there to December 25th, and on our minds, we know like this is all for Christ, this is all about the Lord, this is Advent waiting. And then we get there to December 25th, and it's like this massive exhale, like it's over now. December 25th has come. Let's get back to normal. Let's get back to the way life is typically goes, the speed at which life typically happens, January through November, the Hallmark Channel has finished its 25 days of Christmas movies. The Christmas sales at the stores are over. And it feels like we finally made it through Christmas. But in the church, we know that's not the case, right? What have we made it through? What have we just finished? We just finished the season of Advent. And Christmas just started yesterday. Christmas is not over on December 25th. Christmas begins December 25th. 
Advent makes Christmas all the more special because it's all the waiting and the anticipation and the excitement. It's not the thing itself. It's the thing we're waiting for. And now we have 12 days to celebrate and to give thanks and to rejoice. But I think more often, like Mary and Joseph, December 25th comes along and I end up forgetting Jesus, right? All right, let's just kind of get the house cleaned up. Let's make our New Year's resolutions. Figure out which ones I, I'm not actually going to keep this year, but we'll, you know, let's, just, let's just move on. That's kind of the practical way we live our lives. And it's funny that we chastise Mary and Joseph for forgetting Jesus. I mean, sure, it's not the ideal parent move to leave your kid behind. But we forget Jesus all the time. We forget Jesus whenever we rush through the thing we're supposed to pause and appreciate. We forget Jesus whenever we consume everything we consume without giving thanks. We forget Jesus whenever we move on as opposed to recognizing that this is the actual moment we've been waiting for. We don't want to be the people who, after we've eaten the ham and the desserts and the presents and, the, and we've taken down the decorations, that we just go back to our normal routine like this is all over. This is the beginning. In a way, it's the, the end of the beginning almost. Uh, 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 it's, it's the new year started with Advent. This is the culmination of the new year celebration. And for 12 days, we look forward to celebrating even things for the birth of Jesus Christ. Just because the commercials have stopped, just because the shopping centers have put away their decorations, that does not mean that Christmas is over. We don't celebrate the incarnation of God from sunup to sundown on December 25th. After we're done celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, then we get to begin celebrating his life and living with the reality of who God is in Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, not just God was with us. God is with us. I love this story in Luke. I love how this story connects so much about Jesus's life. And there's a lot of actual kind of really Lukey textual things in this story. I don't know if Lukey's a real adjective or not. But like, you know, have, did, you, did you catch some of the things that you hear in other parts of Luke, right? Um, um, they did not understand. A lot of the people closest to Jesus don't understand who Jesus is and what Jesus was doing. Uh, there, there's the part where he asked his mother, why are you searching for me? And do you remember whenever Jesus raises from the dead, what the angel says to the women at the tomb? Why are you searching for the living among the dead? Why are you searching for him? And have there been another time in, in Jesus' life where he was missing for three days before he was found again? to a really emotional response. This is a great story and it really sets up the year for us because I think what it does, it connects us from the celebrations we are having now to the celebrations we're going to have every week. Every week we come back together to celebrate Jesus. All of this is about Jesus. We come together not just because the music is good or because you know, we, we, we like the donuts on Sunday mornings, whenever we have donuts, we don't have them today, sorry. 
We, we, we don't come together just for these other ancillary. We come together for Jesus. Amen. This is all about Jesus. And so may we not be the people who get to December 26th, to today, and forget Jesus. You know, one of the things I love about this story is that the story doesn't just, the story doesn't just end, right? It, it doesn't end whenever they lose Jesus and they're like, well, we'll find him later. The story doesn't even end right when they find him. They find him, they experience him, and then they go back together and live their lives with Christ. I think that's what December 25th can be for us. It can be a reminder. A reminder that there have been lots of times in our life maybe where we found Jesus the first time or the second time or the third time and that we've forgotten him. Maybe we forgot him because of the craziness of the season. Maybe we forgot him because we were too busy doing our own thing. Our minds were too focused on what we wanted and not on what Christ wanted. We forgot who Jesus was, what Jesus means. But just because we've forgotten Jesus does not mean Jesus is lost. Jesus is always where he needs to be. There was a great preacher named Anselmo Canterbury. And he said that the Christian life, it all boils down to faith-seeking understanding. Now, that's one of my favorite phrases in college and in seminary, and I, I said it all the time. And I thought, man, that... There's so much to this idea of what it means to have faith, to be a follower of Jesus, to have faith in Christ. And faith itself is a gift. And this Christmas, as we celebrate the gifts we've gotten, Jesus, the ultimate gifts, gift, gives us faith. If Christ had not come, we would not know Christ. It's, it's Christ that gives us the faith. And to be a Christ follower means we have to seek to understand what we've been given, to seek to understand this life with Christ. Like Mary and Joseph, we've got to search for Jesus when we've forgotten him. I pray that as a church and as individuals, that we will never stop seeking. Because Jesus is God and there's so much to God that we do not know. God is God and we are not, and it will take our entire lives to know God just in the small amount we're able to. But through Jesus, we get to have a relationship with God. And there will be times where you will forget that. But part of what it means to belong to a church is that together, we're gonna keep seeking. And so I look forward to this next year I look forward to all that is before us. Not because we've just finally made it through the season, but because we celebrate that Christ has come. Emmanuel, God is with us. And now, let's go find him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.